This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Good to go now. I was quiet this time. You always manage to like move. You fidget with something. Yep, I know. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Pizza and Parsecs. I'm Liv. I'm Liv. Just kidding. I'm Dave. <laughs> or am I joy, sadness, anger, fear? All of the above at the same time, smashing all the buttons. All the buttons. All the buttons. <laughs> That's what I honestly hope is what is portrayed inside my head. Like when people see me, I hope that they are like, yeah, that Pixar movie Inside Out is going on inside her head all the time. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I think about cartoons on a frequent basis and I tell people when I'm thinking most of the time, it's a cartoon running in my head, but you know. Princess Unicorn is going on in no. there. Yeah. More like Bing Bong. Bing Bong. Bing Bong's okay. mostly the one going on in there. Okay. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about what what are we what are we talking about today, Liv? Well, today we're actually talking about my personal favorite Pixar movie in the whole wide world, and no one can ever change my mind. That's right. We're talking Toy Story three. Psych. That's the worst Toy Story movie on the planet. Welcome back to Pizza and Parsecs. We hope you like Liv's hot takes. <laughs> No, actually, Toy Story 3 is not that bad. It just has some scarring memories for myself. Uh, no, we're actually talking about the 2015 Pixar film Inside Out. Dave. Liv. I love this movie with all of my heart. And it is by far the best depiction of human emotions for kids, adults, and all in between, in my opinion. And I'm so excited to talk about it today. But first... We got to talk about this week in Geek. And really, we got to talk about these past like three weeks in Geek. Because I think yours is going to be the same as mine. What have you been up to these past couple weeks? Playing a lot of Tetris, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Tetris. Right. A little bit of Minesweeper, you know. Oh, okay. A little snake. A little, a little snake. A little snake. A little snake. On your... And what I, is it the the Nikon? Uh, the Nokia. Nokia. <laughs> your I, Nokia phone. I, I I played me a lot of Snake on on my Nokia. Same. I had I had a fire case on it. Oh really? Like literally, it was flames. That's amazing. I yeah. didn't have a case on mine. I was plain Jane over here. I I wanted it to be different. Oh. I wanted to rebel, so I was like, I'm getting a flame case. See, that's what I did in high school with my Motorola Razor. I got the Miami Ink pink one. You would. Yep. You yep. would. Mm -hmm. With the um, Japanese cherry blossoms on it by Kat Von D. <sighs> Tell me something I would not guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a pretty uh, obvious one. And... Be what it may about Kat Von D and all the controversy controversy that she like has gone through in the past 10 years. I think she's one of the best female tattooers in the States, next to Megan Massacre, of course. She's my favorite. I was obsessed with Kat Von D's art. Cool. Yeah. I know nothing. That's okay. I've always I been obsessed with tattoos. It's just been a thing. Another thing you probably couldn't guess. Yeah. 
We we keep on rolling through things, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? No way. Wow. On the real, though, you and I both have been playing a little bit of this game called Monster Hunter. Just just a little bit. Just a small amount. Let's back up real quick, though. We I have to sneeze. Okay, then sneeze. God bless you. I just didn't want to interrupt you while I sneezed. How would you go about not interrupting me while you sneeze? I don't know. It's not possible. It's gone. Never mind. Anyway, backtrack. Monster Hunter. Here we go. No, we had a we had a little bit of a tornado. Oh yeah, we're alive. Yeah, we're good. Our window's still broken. <laughs> Roof still in uh, a little bit of disrepair, but we're hoping to get that fixed soon. We just got quotes from the insurance company, but there, there was like a, a fairly large tornado that rolled through our town, stopped by unannounced yeah. at like 1230 in the morning. Yeah. Um, unannounced. The alarms, yeah. the, the sirens outside were blasting. It was very rude. It was like, so we, rude. Like, we, we I'm trying to watch Lost over here. Like we live in the South. Come in a reasonable hour. <laughs> I will... We will make sure that you have a casserole dish. <laughs> Text me when you're on your way. Like this is this was ridiculous. Oh my goodness! Um, so the tornado passed probably about a quarter mile uh, from where we live. Our mm-hmm. neighborhood was impacted by it. We had minor damage, yeah. uh, especially when compared to sort of the historic district of uh, Noonan, the town that we live in. Yeah. So we got by very, very lucky. Like all, all jokes and laughing aside, like there was a lot of devastation in the downtown historic area. I still cry when we drive through. It's sad. (laughs) It's just, it is, it is sad. I love Noonan. But like, I know that you were very impressed and quite, impacted not only not from not necessarily from like the devastation but more from the community coming together um it's been really cool to see how quickly the community has jumped into rebuild mode um not for the just themselves but like for each other uh we've seen so many of the small businesses their mom and pop shops pretty much i don't think there's like a chain business in downtown Noonan, aside from maybe a Domino's and a mattress store. Um, the mattress store was hit pretty hard. Um, but other than that, getting to see these like small town businesses band together and support each other. I know some of our favorite restaurants have been out almost every weekend with their food trucks donating food to volunteers. Um, the community has come together in volunteering their time and supplies and necessities. And it was just really cool to see people that I've actually grown a relationship with supporting others. Um, one of the the dance store that's in downtown Noonan has actually reached out to the studio I work for and was like, if anyone was devastated through the tornado and lost dance gear, let us know. We will supply them and replace all of their dance gear for free. Like, it's just really cool to see a community smiling through this and not just sitting in it. Yeah. Um, it's very clear that Joy has like hopped in the main main seat and not... You know, it's definitely sad. Like, a lot of people are sad. I'm sad the theater's gone. Um, a good friend of mine and one of my dance moms, their church was destroyed. And she actually listens to our podcast. So 
Hey, Missy. What's up? Missy. How you doing? She's going to text me like, I heard my shout out. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I love that family so much. And we were actually texting during just the like moments after the tornado checking in on each other making sure both of our families were were good and that was something that touched me throughout the entire community like our neighbors we were all outside right after the storm had hit just checking in on each other and making sure everybody was good offering assistance to move like massive pieces of furniture like we had our neighbors like awning thing in our yard and we were able to help them move it back to their yard it was beautiful to see so much support in something that was so devastating. It was. My heart my heart still hurts because Noonan's been like it has a special place in my heart. We danced in Noonan when I was in high school for nutcracker purposes all the time. Wadsworth is a theater that I've grown up in. So I'm excited to see community building as well as rebuilding. Yeah. It's really touching. It is. It is. So, I mean, there's not really a good transition out of that. So I'll just dive right into Monster Hunter. That game is fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know that was abrupt. I'm sorry. Yes, it's sad. It's sad. I just don't have a really good transition. <laughs> well, I think it was really it, one of the things, a, a way to transition. It happened on the 25th of March and our lives had to keep going We had, like, Perfectus had a show. We had to reschedule and rebook a location because we were originally dancing in Noonan. Um, Yeah. And, you know, we still had things we had to do that weekend um, that led to obtaining Monster Hunter. That's just true. Yep. Yep. I got a year older. You did. I'm an old fart now. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. You are not. Today has proven that I am an old fart. (laughs) Oh I was out. God. I was out late last night, and I'm still recovering. <laughs> yeah, so I'd never played Monster Hunter before, and your brother had told us, "Like, hey, check out this demo." And I thought the demo was fine. It's like, okay, yeah. yeah, sure, why not? And I, I really like the co-op aspect of it, and so I was like, okay, yeah, I, I'll, I'm gonna get this for Liz's birthday. So God for your birthday. And y'all, this game has no business being as good as it is. Like, <laughs> I have not been this invested in a game since like Skyrim. Yeah. It's yeah. been it's been a red hot minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I didn't play Monster Hunter growing up, but like I like you were saying, my brother did and my dad did when they had PlayStation Portables, PSPs. That was when the original Monster Hunter, I think, came out. Mm-hmm. And they would play with each other all the time. I remember coming home from dance or coming home from school and my brother and my dad would be sitting there playing Monster Hunter and talking about Monster Hunter. And I always just blew it off. I was like, that sounds really boring. All you're doing is fighting monsters. Like, whatever. This game is obsessive. Like, you become addicted to Monster Hunter. Yeah, basically, I mean, it really encourages, like, the same type of grind that you go through in other great RPGs like Skyrim yeah. where you really build, take the time to build out your character because you get materials from the monsters that you hunt. Yeah. And then you go back to Kimura Village and you head over to Smithy and you're like, I want to build a new weapon. <laughs> yeah. 
then you get to build a new weapon or you don't because you don't have enough materials and then you have to go farm for more materials. Yeah. And it's so pretty too. Like the monsters designs are so unique. And I know that a lot of the monsters are rehashed from prior games mm-hmm. like Monster Hunter World and and some others that I'm not I'd never played. But the game, the the music the 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 design the story is even is really good too Mm -hmm. for me it's easy to get it's easy to sort of forget the story behind it because you do spend so much time like focusing on this is an armor set that i want or this is a particular weapon that i want or a decoration slot right like but the story is actually really really dope yeah. It's rad. Yeah. Yeah. I was worried that it was going to be one of those games that I play for like a couple of weeks and then I'm like, eh, nah, I'm, I'm going to pass on it. It's a, it, it, I was afraid it was going to be something that was redundant Yeah, because the demo showed kind of a redundancy that, I mean, demos do, but this one was like, I was like, yes, I want to play it. Yes, I'm going to love the multiplayer co-op action because we've been waiting for a couch co-op. I mean, since we got married, we've been waiting for like a good couch co-op to play with each other. And it's one of those games where we now have a group text, like a group chat thing with my dad and my brother. Uh, We hop on with your friend. Alex. Alex all the time. We play a lot with Alex too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we like, it's one of those things where we're trying to influence some of our Switch friends to get this game. So... They can play with us. Like my friend Lori, I'm like, yeah, you and Dennis really need to get this game so we could play because it would be so much fun. Um, yeah, it's it's a very, very well thought out, well constructed game that even I feel like even when you beat the game, there's still so much more to do and you can still get so much out of it even after beating it. Well, so that's the thing, like right as of right now today. There's a there's a rank cap mm-hmm. on it, and that you get to a certain point and you can't get any further with the story. Right, and then you basically can just really start grinding and getting materials so that you can get the weapons and the build outs that you want. Now later this month we're getting more free expansions already. Right. Yeah. We're getting more monsters. They're taking the rank cap off so you can really start leveling up, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. I've already planned the expansion, and that was like, a, what, a month and a half? If that. Or, about about a out, month? It's only been out since the 26th. Yeah. Well, so late, late April is when it's supposed to come out. Yeah. That, that first expansion. Yeah. Which is really going to open things up even more. And then they have another expansion already planned but they don't have it scheduled right yeah and i mean even in the demo they had announced that there was going to be extend uh, expansions prepared shortly thereafter for people who have played and like grinded into this game and are at the like same level that you're at i'm not there (laughs) but um i'm excited i think it's one of those games that's just going to continue to build and grow and grow and grow where you know, you become a master at it and then there's even more to do and there's more monsters and... Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, we're really trying to sell y'all on this game yeah. because we want... 
we want you to reach out to us. Like, tell us if you have this game, we'll play with you. Yeah, for for real though. Like, here here's the deal, and totally have no idea if Dave was on the same wavelength of of this with me. That was not a good sentence, but I'm like still dead. You want from- to what? <laughs> so Dave and I have an app called Telegram. I will make a pizza and parsecs Telegram section. If you have a switch. DM in our Twitter your switch code. And if you have Monster Hunter, I'll add you to this Telegram app because you can use it like a, almost like a walkie-talkie type situation because Switch doesn't have um, like mic headset type situation type thing. Yeah. Um, but Telegram allows you to do that utilizing Wi-Fi and stuff like that. We will play with you. Nobody reached out about Among Us, so like whatever, but this is worth playing with friends and like learning about it with friends and doing stuff. So I'll make a yeah. pizza and parsecs telegram. Y'all hit us up. Let's play some Monster Hunter because it's dope. For real though. And like just a little more backstory. Like this is set up in like a what I would best characterize as like a feudal Japan. Yeah. Something like that. So you're you're playing the weapons that you're playing with are like swords and hammers and there's some light gun there's some guns yeah there's I got two, a light bow gun there's a, there's two guns there's a there's a bow and arrow yeah I as like well that one. it's very very much inspired by fuel Japan which I I love that yeah I love that the even the design of the creatures uh is very much in that manner and like by creatures I mean the monsters yeah and there's some that are just ridiculous, like half platypus, half turtle. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> I like the monkey one, too. The pookie pookie? No. <laughs> I will not play against the pookie pookie. I hate the pookie pookie. Ah, he's annoying. Anyway. I, live. I don't, I would, I don't want to spend too much more time because we're supposed to be talking about Inside Out. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been fun. It's, it's amazing. Um, a couple other things this week, quote unquote, past couple weeks in Geek. Um, obviously, you've heard our two part with Drift Space on the Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut. Obviously, we love it. It's, you know, I talk about it all the time. So, you know, I've been sporting my Justice League hoodie that you got me for my birthday as well. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I almost put it on today, but I was like, I really need to put that in the wash. Um, so I didn't wear it today, but that is something that, you know, we've been obsessing over. And we still like, seriously, if, if y'all haven't uh, heard that, make sure you head over to the drift space yeah. and check out their episode, um, that they had us on. Yeah. Drift space is, is another podcast I do with my besties. Yeah. So we did a giant collab for their one year or for our one year. We did, it. uh, uh, anniversary thing for the drift space yes which you're a yeah. part of yes um, and so and then we so we did a part one with them and then we did part two yeah on pizza and parsec so make sure you check that out and we are we still want to talk about it more i, like, know, I, I feel to, like i only like in that conversation only got through like a quarter of of my notes well yeah <laughs> and i i was my my little segue into that was we i feel like we only just scratched the surface yeah um we would love nothing more than to do in a like a little bit later on down the road do uh an episode on the epilogue alone yeah and talk about that and talk about some of the other like 
things that we didn't get to in that three-hour two-parter. You know, yep. it was a three-hour-long episode if you put the two together, uh, and that was still not enough time to talk about it. So hopefully we get to that in the near future. I would love to talk with you about that, Dave. Um, and we were walking around Walmart, and Wonder Woman 1984 is officially out on Blu-ray, DVD, and 4K. So now we can release that episode that we said that we were going to release after we talked about Wonder Woman back in December. Yeah. So you're finally (laughs) going to get that next episode. Yeah. So we're super stoked to watch that. And I know I'm excited because the 4K that we have, I'm pretty sure has behind the scenes stuff and things that I would really like to dive into that HBO did not have released. Mm So um, even more content in that area. Um, and, you know, I, I'm i pretty sure it's safe to say we are back to our normal every other week schedule now that House is pretty much on the right track. We're pretty much on the right track. Shows, I just have recitals coming up, but my show is over and that took a lot of focus the last like two weeks leading up to it. That was just a lot of extra work. We've had a bit, a long adjustment period, basically ever since we got married. Yeah. It's been- there's been adjustment after adjustment that we've had to make. Yeah. And I feel like we're finally starting to get into a good rhythm. Not that it's been like challenging or stressful. It's actually been really like simple and easy with each other. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think the adjustment has just come from taking our two lives that were originally separate. And now we've got them morphing together and just feeling out that yep. routine whilst living together, which... I've it's awesome. Had, yeah, I've had fun doing. Um, it's been really great. So I'm excited to be back. And now we get to talk about Inside Out, my favorite Pixar movie literally ever. I love this movie, too. It's, it's so good. easily my favorite Pixar movie. Absolutely. For one reason. And there are things that I love about this movie. And then there is one thing that I wish was a little bit different, but I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, like... I I have thoughts and opinions on emotions and what core emotions are. No. Yes. (laughs) Yes, he does. But so one thing that you kind of started talking about is you really loved the way that they portray emotions. Oh, I love it. And that is because they got like the foremost emotion expert in the world to come on to the production team and be a consultant for Inside Out. Yeah. And that is Mr. Paul Ekman. Yeah. I've been studying Paul Ekman since like 2008. Yeah. I think 2008 is like when I first started really getting into Paul Ekman. But so like there's, it's no mistake that the way that the emotions are portrayed in Inside Out is so profound so Paul Ekman is a psychologist and a world-renowned expert on emotions, just like I kind of let it in with. He's been studying emotions for 50 years. Over 50 years, he has been studying emotions. He also sort of popularized the idea of microexpressions, which is what I really got into. Mm-hmm. With microexpressions, basically when you feel a particular way, your face has an immediate expression And those expressions last like fractions of a second. And people that have studied that, like Paul Ekman, 
if you if you're tuned into it, you can pick up on what the other person is feeling. And even if they themselves are unaware of what they're feeling at that point in time, you can also tell when someone is attempting to fake an emotion. Uh, one of the more popular simplistic examples of that is when someone may smile to try to make you think they're happy, but the rest of their face doesn't reflect that. Simple example, like their eyes aren't squinting in a particular way. Right. Um, it's a fake smile. And what Ekman found and firmly established in the scientific community was that all of these expressions are universal across cultures, ages, races, etc., like he refined and expanded our understanding of microexpressions and just emotions in general. He wasn't to really do that though. Charles Darwin was. Charles Darwin had a published work about sort of the universal expressions across our species and with animals. Mm -hmm. And then Paul Ekman tested that out by going to a remote village that had never had contact with media or other resources that would have potentially influenced the villagers' understanding of expressions, emotions, etc. In that study in Papua New Guinea, this little tribe that had never seen an advertisement, never like read anything about emotions, after he tests sort of ran tests with them, that confirmed Darwin's original theory. Years later, Ekman developed like this quantitative method that would allow you to assess movements or the, these micro expressions. Now, throughout that little diatribe, I love this stuff, so I apologize. Throughout that little diatribe, I briefly talked about faking an emotion. It's like the idea that like when a smile is fake and your eyes don't squint, things like small things like that. Like this. Exactly. <laughs> when you look like a serial killer. <laughs> um, when you ask me if I want pita for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so when it, when Ekman really dove into that, and as a psychologist, like his primary motivation for that, like being able to detect deception in that way, obviously has a broad scope of mm -hmm. impact. And his original study wasn't for like FBI or the military or police, you know, People like that. It was for psychologists. Other psychologists were why he did it. Because the question was originally proposed, like, how do we tell when suicidal patients are okay? Right. When they're trying to get a day pass to go home for the weekend. Like, are they really okay? Or are they going to, like, go home and follow through with it? Right. So that was what the original intent of detecting these deceptive... Uh, micro expression what these these deceptions mm -hmm. being able to detect deception came from and this is a, like he studied that kind of stuff he studied emotions and all of these things for over 50 years and the good folks at disney pixar were like this is the guy that we want to come and consult and tell us how should we portray joy how should we portray fear right how should we portray disgust anger sadness and that to me is what makes this even more profound like obviously pixar is great on really tugging on the heartstrings but there's yeah. such a level of authenticity to yeah. this like a learned yeah. authenticity to this and to me like that comes from paul ekman being a consultant on this which i 
absolutely loved. I'm going to take a break now. So sorry. <laughs> You're good. No, I wanted to, um, I have nothing to add, Your Honor, aside from moving into kind of the rest of the team that was, uh, you know, involved, I guess, mm-hmm. and getting more into, I guess, that aspect relating to the movie itself. If yeah. You're good with that. So the movie was directed by Pete Doctor, um, who is also the director of, uh, you know, just classic favorites, Up, Monsters, Inc. Pete Doctor? Yeah. I told Pete Doctor I was in okay. love with you. Bum, 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 bum. Well, <laughs> yes. Um, and most recently, he was the director of Soul, which is by far my second favorite Pixar movie. Soul is a lot of fun. I, I've heard a lot of controversy on, you know, just Soul itself and the the depiction of what it is and the ending itself being a little bit more vague. Mm-hmm. Um, it that I I love a Pixar movie that can make me cry for small reasons, not for like obvious reasons. Like Monsters Inc. made me cry when Sully said goodbye to Boo. Like that's sad. I was a child. It's fine. I'm an adult now. I watched Inside Out when I was an adult. I wa- we watched Soul what like two three months ago when it first came out on Disney Plus. And it was the minor moments that made me cry because it was those moments that I related to yeah. the most. So I was like, oh, tears. I love this. Um, and Soul was one of those for me. So just a little, if you didn't know, that's who the director is. Um, you going to snore? Thanks. While I'm talking? Am I that boring? Thanks. I like how he you're like I like how Remus doesn't snore when I'm going on and on about like this one scientist yeah, and, and, and psychologist. And then you're like actually gonna get to like the interesting stuff of the movie. And then he snores. <laughs> Jerk. I love my dog. Uh so it obviously won Academy Awards. It won Golden Globes. It won for Best Animated Series. Or sorry, no, Best Animated Movie. In 2016, after it was created, for fact's sake, um, you had Amy Fowler as Joy, which was the driving force of seeing this movie for my my own self, because I love her. Probably said her name wrong, but I don't really care. Uh, Phyllis a- Smith. Amy Poehler. Yeah, whatever. Poehler, <laughs> Fowler, whatever. Uh, Phyllis Smith, you know her as Phyllis from The Office. She's Sadness. Perfect. Person to play sadness. Uh, Bill Hatter was fear. Bill Hater. Hater, whatever. Put a T in there if it's Hater. Jeez. Rude. He was fear, so like, let's be real. Uh, I'm going to say her name wrong because I always say Mindy Keeling's name wrong. Is that how you say her? Yeah, sure. You also know her from The Office. Um, yeah. I love her. She she was discussed. You have Lewis Black as anger. Awesome. Yeah. Pete Doctor actually was dad's anger, which was awesome. Um, Richard King, Bing Bong, and I'm trying to think. Oh, Kyle McMacklin. McLachlan? Is that his name? That's what happens when I leave. Kyle McLachlan. Him. He was dad. And then Diane Lane was mom. Diane Lane. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I guess we should say say Riley's name. Caitlin something. DS. I didn't get a chance to finish before he took my phone. <laughs> uh, 
So obviously there was a solid cast behind this movie. And in my opinion, if they had picked and replaced any one of those, I don't think this movie would have had the same feeling and the same like tone because each one of these actors, when I just picture them and I picture other things they've done, it just makes total sense that they play these characters being the five core emotions that are being portrayed within um, Inside Out. I think Lewis Black could have played like a serenity emotion. No, he had to play Anger. Are you serious? <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on. Who did he play? No, Anger was perfect for him. Mm, I don't know. I feel like he could have been like a yoga instructor emotion. Like just really calm. Honestly, that would have been hilarious. Probably would have laughed my butt off because then if there was a yoga instructor and we got to see the inside of this yoga instructor's mind, it almost would have been like the te- going into the teacher's mind. Yeah. Uh, where she's like super put together on the outside, but all of her emotions are like banging their head up against and counting down the days to summer vacation. Yeah. Like I feel like that's how he would portray a yoga instructor with emotions. I'd buy that. Like, you know, deep breath in. Have you seen that video where like the Grinch is taking a yoga class and the woman's like, and inhale. And as you exhale, let out all the emotions that are in your mind. And I kid you not, the Grinch goes, sorry, I'm feeling a lot of emotions today. (laughs) That's how I feel like he would be a music instructor. Okay. It's a great video. I'll show it to you later. You don't have to. Oh, I'm going to. It's you don't so have good. to. You really don't. And, you know, I'm not going to give a synopsis of this movie. If you haven't seen it, pause this. Go get your Disney Plus because we all know we all have Disney Plus. It's COVID life. Like, if you don't have Disney Plus, what are you doing? It's got Inside Out. It's Bugs Life. Come on. And Star it has Wars. Has WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but, uh, just a brief little tiny, like, if you've never seen it, this movie personifies the internal do- dialogue that basic people go through with their emotions and personifies what those emotions look like and how they communicate with each other and how they interact with each other. Yeah. It, I mean, overall, what this movie really does is shows you how we're so we're we're all very governed by our emotions yeah and it personifies those emotions and it shows how complex those emotions actually are yeah i feel like by the end of the movie we really grasp this idea that you can be happy and sad at the same time you can be happy and mad at the same time and there those those emotions actually complement each other opposed to trying to only stick to one emotion at a singular moment which most of the movie we find to like, oh, we have to keep this kid happy. She has to always be happy. Well, but she can be sad and that memory can be a good one, a joyous one, where she realizes she's allowed to cry. Yeah. The one thing that really resonated with me is like, like growing up in particular, it was important to stay happy, like yeah. to stay happy, stay grateful, like if you're sad about something, just think about something you're grateful. Think about what you have. Yeah. And think about why you shouldn't be sad. Right. What the, this movie sort of takes that same route mm-hmm. in the beginning. There's like this divinity to joy. Yeah. She glows more than the other characters do. Yeah. 
Uh, she obviously sort of runs the show. When she's gone, the other characters, the other emotions try to act like her. <laughs> and fail. There's such a pressure for Joy to be front and center yeah. in this. And I feel like that's something that resonates with a lot of maybe older generations. <laughs> Not older generations, but like millennials, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that for me, that really hit home. Yeah. That... Right. Sadness should stay in the sadness circle. Yeah. Well, and I think that's something that a lot of people, and like you're saying, like a lot of people in our generation, the millennials, are experiencing and are having to grow out of. I see more posts about like, it's okay to cry. And for me, honestly, like I get all a lot of the time like, oh, you're always a happy person. Oh, you're always like energetic and have a positive attitude. You're optimistic. Like I get told that frequently. And I lived in that state of like, well, I can't let anyone know what's really going on, especially in like college, not letting people know what's really going on inside because I have to be that optimistic, bubbly, happy person for the people around me who are crumbling. And it was, you know, it was mid-20s where I realized like, that's not healthy. (laughs) Like, it's okay to let disgust out. It's okay to let anger out. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to show these emotions because it doesn't change the, it doesn't change the forefront who's sitting in the cockpit seat. And like we see in the movie, like mom's main like head is the blue sadness woman. So there's two things with that that I noticed, right? Like we talk about you know, there this cock, this idea of like a cockpit yeah. sort of thing, and this control board. Yeah. And one of the things that I am quite taken with is not only like who's sitting up at the forefront, mm-hmm. but also the size of the control board. Yes. And with Riley, someone who is not as emotionally aware as emotionally developed, yes. she has a control board felt fit for one or maybe even maybe two emotions yeah and they all fight for control over it right whereas who we assume to be more emotionally aware yeah the mom and the dad they have much larger control boards right it's a lot more streamlined and i thought that that piece of it was also spot on absolutely just a little side like the idea of emotional awareness Mm mm-hmm in this like absolutely beautiful but yeah. i can come back to that no you can go ahead no you're talking about the sadness being at the forefront right sort of sitting in the the main seat kind of like the captain's chair yeah what it, you assume to be a captain's chair yeah and with dad it was the red anger yeah. character and for me one of the questions that i think arise for for me in particular is what governed in their past to make that the comfortable seat and the confident seat. You know, like sadness is not an emotion that I feel like we need to have a negative context to at all times. Like sadness is a really relevant and valid emotion to experience in emotional development. So, and I don't think mom being a governed or captained sad seat is a sad person. I think her emotional development has grown from that being her comfortable confidence space where like dad is also the man maybe comes from a more like angry space. There's also the 
the idea of mothers tend to be more nurturing and loving and caring. And that those emotions can come from a softer, sadder kind of emotional pull and kind of have this like yeah. wing where men have this higher testosterone, more like I'm going to protect and I'm going to guard and I'm going to be more aggressive. That comes from an, kind of an anger stem. Yeah. And, I mean... That's like reaching out to even a broader spectrum of emotions and subcultures of emotions that I think a lot of people sit back and say, oh, well, anger is a negative emotion. No, you can be angry (laughs) and it'd be completely valid and completely fine. Like anger is okay. You tell me all the time, be angry. It's okay. Let it out. Get angry and it's good when I'm mad. And that's, I I don't, we've never, for the record, Dave and I have never had a fight (laughs) ever. We've been together for two years at this point. Oh, also, in the past couple of weeks, we've experienced our two year like of dating each other. And Surprise. It was, like, it was like six or seven o'clock at night. We're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we've been together for two years. Yeah. Anyway, um, and I think that kind of, for me, that's kind of where we see that being the leaders, uh, being parents and having that clear depiction for especially for kids like oh moms are nurturing not always sad dads are protectors not always angry yeah it really plays up the traditional gender roles for the sake of of not to just not to sort of discredit the people who fall outside of traditional gender norms right not outside that but to illustrate the emotions that we that we typically see with yeah. that it's a lot simpler and it caters well to a audience of both children and adults you can look at this one of two ways you can look at it as you can look at it that way and just say okay there's not really a captain's chair and these they're all just working in, in interdependently right like they are working with each other on the same control board but what you say also makes a lot of sense with the mother having sadness at the forefront with the nurturing side of things because with nurturing it makes a lot of sense that sadness is sort of at the core of that because that's where empathy comes from being able to identify with the sadness or the struggles that somebody else is feeling yeah that doesn't come from a joyful place right right and you know many people can argue like what the core emotions are and there's there's obviously the scientific aspects of what are core emotions but for the sake of talking about inside out right now in this moment i could not see a mother being run by disgust like that's just kind of odd to me it made more sense that the uh emo girl quote unquote, emo girl with the blue hair, disgust was kind of running hers. Yeah. You know, she's a teenager. That's kind of the forefront in that particular moment. The the teacher, no one was really at the forefront because everybody was just pulling their hair out because they were teaching. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. I loved and- it. Um, but and like for for the dad, it wouldn't make sense for me that fear would be at the forefront for him. Not in that not in the relationship that were presented. Exactly. Like if it had been if it had been a different relationship and there was a different atmosphere around it, fear could be at the forefront. Um 
but anger was is it's an emotion that I feel like caters specifically to the kids because when you're in trouble, what does mom usually say? I'm gonna tell your father. Then you get scared. You know, there's like there's that unspoken, already known, like when mom says, Well, I need to tell your father that you did this, immediately a child's scared. Immediately a child's like, Oh, dad gets really mad. You know what I mean? So there's that aspect to it. Um that really like it rounded out this family really well in the aspect of we're going to present you with different leaders, quote unquote. Yeah. it. I don't have a problem with what we're given in terms of like the core emotions that mm-hmm. we see. I have a fundamental disagreement with what the core emotions are. Okay. Which it's small, right? right. I don't think disgust is a core emotion. I don't think right. anger is a core emotion. Okay. Um. For me, anger is a secondary emotion that comes from fear or sadness. Right. But it is a very powerful emotion. Yeah. So I can understand, like, in the scope of this movie, that's that's why he gets a spot at the table. And also, disgust right. is just fun. Yeah. Disgust um, is more of an expression. <laughs> I just, I love the, the end when disgust was like... Ooh, fashion island. Ah, everybody shut up. Like, it was, you know, that's obviously not, that's that's a personality trait. Not so much, like, for me, an emotion. Like, having that op- um, that opinion of fashion or opinion of disgust. Like, the disgust is subjective. What I find gross or disgust mm-hmm. on my end may not be the same for you. Like, for me, I don't like skirts. I don't like wearing skirts. I don't like... I don't feel pretty in a skirt, but there's plenty of other women out there who find so much joy in skirts. And see, that's one of the things that really shines through. Like you can really tell where Paul Ekman's fingerprints are because yeah. disgust, the micro expression for disgust is such a palpable yeah. emotion to see on somebody's face. Like even as you were talking about skirts. Hey, skirts. Right here. Yeah. You can see disgust. <laughs> yeah. You can see disgust yeah. right there. Yeah. It's, you know it's, when I don't it's, like something. It's very, very, very powerful. Like, it's yeah. another very powerful emo- uh, like, not e- emotion. It's more like an expression. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's where you can really tell. this is. These are the emotions that Paul Ekin has, it sees as, like, the most significant. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way that they're portrayed is absolutely outstanding like i don't i have i have no i have no issues with what we get in inside out i just have sort of a fundamental disagreement about it right um i have my own thoughts and feelings i know you do as well why don't we dive into those thoughts and feelings because at this point i think we've really rounded out the just overall construction of the movie what we like feel about the movie but what are some of those for you that I thought we were already doing that. Oh. My bad. I was just <laughs> highlighting it. <laughs> I was like, I've been diving into this since the like since I started talking about Paul Ekman. Well, I'm I'm saying like what what are those opinions you have? I mean, I already talked about how I I believe that anger is a secondary emotion. Yeah. When you're angry at something that comes from one of two places, either fear or sadness. Usually the fear is coming from like, you know, losing a sense of security. Right. 
So, you know, something happens like you're it, it's it's disrupting your internal home or, right. or even your external home. And that transforms into anger. Yeah. Because it's uncomfortable to sit in a fearful state. Yeah. And same thing with sadness. Sadness is not necessarily a comfortable emotion for a lot of people to sit in. Me. So it's really easy to transition that into anger. Mm-hmm. Like that's why in the stages of grief, mm-hmm. that's why anger is one of those things. Well, and I, I agree with you um, for sure. And I think we've we've had this discussion before. Um, and even like in our beginning stages of our relationship, one of the things that we discussed was how we get angry and what it looks like when we're angry. And I think I presented the question to you because I had noticed that I'd never seen you angry before. Like, and this was well into our relationship. The beginning, like pre, pre-engagement, still dating stage, but we knew we were, we were going to marry each other. Um, and you had made a comment that you look at anger in a way of, is it necessary? So that's sort of where the secondary emotion mm-hmm. thing comes from. What I do with anger is when I'm feeling angry, I deconstruct it to figure out which one it comes from. Right. Either fear or sadness. Right. Most of the time it's fear. Yeah. 90% of the time it's fear-based and I just need to confront and talk about that fear mm-hmm. and then the anger goes away. Yeah. Which I have personally never experienced anyone do that before. I have grown up with anger isn't a, for for some people, anger is a very primary emotion and they jump into it without deconstructing it and just allow themselves to be angry. Um, and I think it was really crazy because I think it, it has thrown me off a bit because I'm not used to someone confronting their anger, deconstructing their anger, and then being like, okay, yeah, I'm good. And I'm like, no, no yelling. <laughs> what? What? What are this? I'm so confused. This this came from like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide this. I've been through hundreds of hours of therapy too. Right. So like this comes from this. A lot of this comes from that experience. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think I like to say that I'm I'm slow to anger, and you have definitely given me a lot of assistance in showing sadness, like when I'm sad or when I am fearful of something, my go-to is just completely shutting down. In Inside Out, one of the things that we noticed was Riley going numb. And I'm going to utilize that term because that is, I find that is a completely valid uh, explanation of emotions shutting down. And her board goes black. Um, For me, when I'm faced with sadness or fear, or a combination of the two, my go-to is shut down, go numb, mask it. And you're amazing at asking me, what's making you feel this way? And bringing those emotions out and giving me that safe space to feel those emotions because I've hid them for so long. Yeah, and like that. that's because like that's what I, that was me. Like I, mm-hmm. for so long, like the uncomfortable emotions, like fear and sadness, both had their little circles. Yeah. In in the control tower. Yeah. And you see what happens when you try to isolate those emotions out. Mm-hmm. 
things start to go wrong. Yeah. Because the emotions, your emotions work together. Right. And that's what we really see and experience with Inside Out. Mm-hmm. By stifling sadness, that's the first thing to go was, was joy. joy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it became overwhelming. Anything can happen. Anything can co- happen out of that, but it's not going to be good if you don't acknowledge it. Yes. Like, not giving that sadness a voice. Yeah. That's what I really see and what really resonates with me mm-hmm. is not giving that sadness a voice in the movie. Right. And then at the end, you really start to, like, you. it's a, it's tra- it's a transition. Yeah. The first moment is when Joy and Sadness are with Bing Bong and Bing Bong lost his like wheelbarrow. Not his wheelbarrow, but like his his spaceship. His spaceship. And he's real sad about it, yeah. right? There and then Joy just wants everybody to be happy. Yeah. So that they can move on and get back to headquarters. Right. Sadness goes over and just says, This is sad. Mm-hmm. And like that, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Like that's all she said. Like, yeah, this is sad. Yeah. And Bing Bing Bong cries. Yeah. Says, I feel better. Yep. Because he acknowledged that sadness that he was feeling. He gave his sadness a voice. Yep. Like I get goosebumps thinking about that because I remember when that sort of clicked for me that Mm -hmm. I needed to start giving those uncomfortable, what I deemed as uncomfortable or bad emotions of right. voice. Yeah. And see that same thing, click, enjoy. And then as I think like the next moment was when they, when she was like viewing a memory mm-hmm. and talking about uh, one of the core memories where her hockey team was lifting her up on high. And then sadness is like, yeah, I remember that day. I like that memory. Riley lost the winning shot. Yeah. I f- and I failed. Out of that sadness yep. came that positive memory. Yeah. Like seeing those things really start to, those little puzzle pieces, mm-hmm. those emotional puzzle pieces really start to come together. And for Joy to realize how crucial, not just not just sadness is, but all the other emotions in working together is. Right. I, I think that's so beautiful to the point, like at the crux of the movie, the climax, when she just lets sadness do her thing on the control board. Yeah. She just lets sadness go up and make Riley sad. Yeah. Like that. that's awesome. Well, and then, you know, leading right up to uh, right after that, she goes and grabs Joy and has Joy put her hand down on the console with her. Yep. And you see Riley completely distraught and in emotion like full of emotions and crying and sad and just but then there's that exhale and -hmm. it's so subtle but there's that exhale where she finds joy in the comfort of her family in that sadness and then the core memory rolls down and it's blue and yellow and it's morphed into you know a two-parter almost and then it comes with you know, just showing emotional maturity and showing that that's a growth. You can have both. You yeah. can have all. I would have liked to see a ball with all of the emotions. Like, what would that look like? That would be awesome. That would be a big explosion. And that's, like, this movie is so accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. As an adult, like, this 
resonates with me. Yeah. As a kid, I'd imagine that this would also have an impact on me as well. Yeah. And that's what I really love about it is that there are adults and kids out there that need to see this. Absolutely. And it exists. Yeah. Like just the fact that this movie exists and says that these emotions all need to have a voice. Yeah. That's that's why it's one of my favorite. It, it it's one of my favorite movies in general. Yeah. Certainly my favorite Pixar. Oh, absolutely. And I think Pixar does a great job of like showcasing this. You know, we in this particular day and age we're we're seeing a lot of politically correct quote unquote movies and adaptations of things. And this is such a personification of the depths of everyone not just externally but internally and i feel like it does resonate with every walk of life every step and gives every single person an opportunity to sit down watch it and feel something yeah i mean that's i mean going back to paul ekman he he really proved that across races yep across I mean, even even species, going back to Darwin. Yeah. Like, there's a commonality yep. between the emotions that yeah. we experience and how we express them. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's definitely a movie that I feel everybody needs to experience at least one time as an adult, like, I- like in your adulthood. I think if I had watched this as a kid, I would have appreciated it for the usefulness of it and the simplicity of like breaking things down for me as a kid. But I'm really glad that I have watched it so many times as an adult because it's something I need to be reminded of almost on a daily basis that this emotion that I feel inside me is valid and is allowed to come out and it is allowed to be shared. Yeah, and I think that's like at the end of the day, like that's the... The core message Absolutely. of the movie. And that's why, like, I wish that somebody had said that to me. Like, yeah. I wish I had had this movie growing up. Yeah, same. I, I do too. Because then I think some of the mental blocks that I have as an adult and some of the things that I allow myself to push down and kind of swallow as an adult, I don't think I would be so aggressive with it. I think I would be more, I would have more grace for myself to be like, no, I'm allowed to feel this emotion, whether it be from an external source or an internal source, I'm allowed to have this emotion and I'm allowed to express this emotion and I don't have to feel guilty for expressing this emotion because it's valid because it's mine. Yeah. I could go so deep so fast with this. Because I feel like that's what is a problem now. <laughs> I think that we're not allowing each other to have valid emotions. I think where the trouble is is when it comes at the expense of something. Yeah. I think that's where things start to get complicated and the waters get a little muddy. Yeah. And sometimes we just need to hear out everybody and then just like these are valid your emotions, the way you're feeling is valid because they're yours. I may not have the same feelings and I may not receive them the same way because that's what you're feeling. They are valid. I don't know what else to say about this movie except for it was dope. You brought up something uh, that I also wanted to touch on as well. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. 
Yeah. I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So you had mentioned that, I mean, this kind of goes back to our discussion of like the difference between the mom and the dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had made a comment about how Riley had very clear male and female emotions. She had the anger was very masculine while joy was very feminine in a dress. Anger was in a suit or just a tie. Mom had emotions that all had a very feminine look to them. They were all in dresses. They were all with ponytails. They all looked like mom. Um, And then dad had mustached emotions with the the tie looking like dad. Um, I do want to point out that in the credit sequence when dad was doing something. Oh no, it was it was when we watched the random, first date. Yeah, the yeah. the the random 7 minute short. They were like, "Oh my gosh, we have to watch this." I did notice Joy had a little bit more of a feminine body on on dad's side. The body itself was a little bit more on the feminine side. However, was dressed more ma- masculine. Still like it was with a mustache. They were all and, dudes. Yeah, they were they were all yeah. Um, and the question I posed, or really the, the observation I posed, was I find it really interesting that mom had all feminine emotions, depictions of emotions. Dad had all masculine depictions of emotions. And Riley had a combination of male and female emotions. And I would like to dive deeper into that because I have a couple thoughts. Yeah. So you want to go first? Oh, sure. Go first. Yeah, when you when you brought this up to me, like, it just made a lot of sense mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, Riley is sort of like this, This she takes traits, certain traits from both her mom and her dad. Right. Like, the anger one comes from her father. Right. That's why anger in, in Riley looks like anger in dad. Yeah. Joy and sadness and disgust also moms fear also dads Mm -hmm. so that's where it makes sense that like that was pixar saying you you have some traits right that come from both of your parents you're up and i'm not sure if that was like this whole nature versus nurture yeah sort of thing or a combination thereof but basically talking about how you you pick up on things Mm -hmm. from your parents and that impacts your emotional development. Right. That was my thought. Yeah. And I I really liked that thought. And I think it drove me into thinking about it more throughout the rest of the movie being that emotional development is not a stagnant thing. It never, it never hits a plateau of like, all right, now I'm at the peak of my emotional development. I have nowhere else to go. I feel like that's a constantly growing and evolving experience um to the point where i think if we had a second movie if we had inside out 2 where she was a teenager and that and that puberty puberty yeah the puberty light the puberty light was pushed i think there's a high possibility disgust would be at the forefront of riley's emotions or maybe it would be fear maybe it would be another someone other than joy as captain um, and maybe that season of life, mom was, hers was sadness. And that was the kind of core focal point of her emotions 
in that season of life and dad's being anger. We see mom kind of feeling a little bit more defeated and having those conversations with Riley throughout the movie that kind of show those micro facial expressions of sadness, of missing home, of, oh, he's on the phone. Oh, well, oh man, we're not going to get our moving truck until Thursday. Like, oh, disappointment which is a part of sadness. Whereas dad is constantly on the phone, kind of flustered that he has to go into work the day they move in. And in that season of life, anger is at the forefront. Um, And I say all this because I'm wondering, as Riley grows up, will her emotions take a more feminine or masculine, not going to assume, route? Will she show more of the more masculine traits and that kind of develops her five emotions to look a certain way and to develop a certain way and have more of that or will she develop like will joy continue to be at the forefront and as she grows and because they all look like the, the parent the emotions themselves look like mom and dad so will they take on that same trait that the personality traits that riley develops and then we'll start to see a more unification of feminine or masculine emotions. Because personality is also an ever-growing thing. It's interesting. Yeah. I haven't thought about that. But I like to think that it's really cool that anger could be a dude in my brain. I want Danny DeVito to be my anger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want Danny DeVito, but like Phil from Hercules, Danny yeah, that's DeVito. Yeah, that's the picture in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. And then I want pain and panic to be fear. Basically, everybody from Hercules. Pretty much. Can Meg want, be discussed? I, I, no, I want Meg. <laughs> I just want Meg in my brain. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think it's I think it's really interesting concept and kind of tidbit of possibilities that Disney put masculine and feminine traits in both mom and dad the anger still had that like bulky strong look on in every person that we saw their emotions they all looked strong short (laughs) i'm like why do the angry people always have to be the short people (laughs) i think that's short i think that's playing on traditional diag like diagnostic uh, Napoleon syndrome type stuff. Oh, okay. Or short fuse, a little joke. You got a short fuse. Yeah. 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 And like, I, th- I thought it was really cool that all of them still had the same physical traits. Yeah. Uh, they just had more of like feminine haircuts for them, for them females and they looked like their person. It was really cool. But yeah, I want, I want Danny DeVito as anger. Who was a short man, so I guess I even classified him. Yes, your lugubriousness. <laughs> Pain and panic. Yes. Danny DeVito would be awesome. Yeah. Anyway, it's always interesting thoughts. Yeah. Could go so deep, so fast. I love it. I could watch Inside Out over and over again, willingly, and cry every single time. I always cry when she has to leave, bing bong. It makes me so sad. And he, like, disappears. Take her to the moon. I was like, oh, it's so sad. <laughs> I love being bogged. <laughs> He's mostly cotton candy with the tail of a cat, the face of an elephant, and part dolphin. Part dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> and he cries candy. It's awesome. Anything else? 
Um, no. Do you have anything else? Um, you know, so we've talked about a lot of emotions: anger, joy, sadness, fear, disgust. If you're experiencing any of those, we have a podcast for you over on the Red Five Network. Head on over to redfivenetwork.com. We are proud to call the Red Five Network home. That was a segue. We have podcasts for every emotion. Head over there and enjoy yourself. Dave, which podcast is for disgust? Pizza and parsecs. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, and obviously we would not ever do this, but while we were watching, I was like, how much fun would it be to like assign... <laughs> No, it's an emotion. A, if you're feeling in a particular way, you you know, if you're feeling angry, you might listen to a certain podcast to help you vent out that and then feel better. Like overall, like we like that was a great segue. Yeah, whatever. That was. I was just curious. So okay, if I so if I'm feeling relatively sad, usually I like to go and listen. Pizza and parsecs. <laughs> I, yeah, they're a good pick me up. If I'm feeling pretty, uh, pretty joyful, I'll go listen to I don't know, pizza and parsecs. I really don't feel like you can go wrong. Like I'm, I know that that you know we've got, we've ha- had some more recent additions, which is always fun and yeah. exciting, like appropriate for any time. Yeah, absolutely. Any holiday. Yeah. You know, well, I was gonna say if you ever do need a pick me up, really. You're right. Everyone on the Red 5 Network is a great podcast to go and listen to. Mm. And really, if you're just feeling good, I'm not going to call a single one out because I don't want another one to be like, why did you talk about my podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Why wasn't I shouted out? None of them act that way. We're we're certainly not going to assign emotions like, why am I the angry podcast? (laughs) Why am I the scary podcast? Well, and we were talking and I was like, Dave, you definitely are more like masculine version of joy like you are joy in its male sense because there were things throughout the whole movie i'm like you do that you do that i do yeah and it's great i am anger you're you're (laughs) just kidding you're a mixture between (laughs) you're a lot of joy well thank you you're you're because you're a joyful person well i try to be and you've got joy's haircut kind of well i recently cut it off so yeah i know it's gone we now. Can, we can we can we can we can color it. I would not be sad about coloring it that color. I would do it in a heartbeat. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I would bleach it and color it right now if I could. Isn't that the color of sadness though? So you would be sad. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I like sadness. I think I think sadness is by far my favorite character in Inside Out. They're watching us fail. <laughs> Like, mom and dad are out there. They're watching us fail. Yeah. Like, when they're in the, the, the long-term memories, um, and she's just like, Joy's like, all right, well, I guess we'll just have to go to the next island and, like, try again. And she just, like, plops down and lifts her foot. She's like, I'm ready. Just to be drugged through. It's like, she's so funny. Sadness is the funniest one. Like... <laughs> She has all of the like core memories in that bag, and Sadness is trying to like reach for it. She's like, "No, Sadness, remember we said we weren't gonna touch these." She was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I will stop touching them now." And Joy turns around, and it's like this long blue line of all these like it like long term memories that are now blue. <laughs> so funny. 
Oh, man. Anyway, that's been another episode of Pizza and Parsecs. I'm Dave. I'm Liv. <laughs> no, keep going. And you can check out our show on the aforementioned Red 5 Network on red5.com. It's over there. No, Am I not. wrong? Yeah. Is it the red5network.com? Yes. Okay, well, sorry. <laughs> and if you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rate and review. We read them. We love them. We're joyful about them. None of them have made us sad thus far. You None can change th- that. You could. That would actually be really funny. Yeah. Like, how many one stars can we get? That would be dope. Or no stars. Negative stars. I don't think you can get no stars. Negative stars. You know what? As a joke, go leave us a one star (laughs) and see what happens. No, because then we won't get on the recommended. Oh, yeah, that's right. Go leave us a five star rate and review. We'll read them. I actually went through and read several the other day. Yeah. It was super fun. Yeah. They don't really have, like, who left them, so I don't really know. The usernames are a little, you have to sort of, Played a little bit of detective work. Oh yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't play yeah. detective work. I just read them. That's what I did. Because the iTunes username might be different than the Twitter username. That's true. Speaking well, of, speak. Um, yeah, I got this. <laughs> you like how I use aforementioned? <laughs> Finally, I had that like written down somewhere. And You're I practicing had, that word. I have. I wrote out like a whole spiel for our audition and I had aforementioned in there and then I took it out because I short shortened the email. So. Okay. But you know, if you want to talk to us, if you want to chat with us, you want to play some Monster Hunter with us. If you're feeling sad, angry, fearful, joyful, sad, disgust. Sad. <laughs> I think I said sad twice. You did. There. Hit us up on the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams. We don't do Facebooks, let's be real. We're there, let's, but we don't do it. Let's let's just stick with Twitters. Yeah, you can find us at Pizza and Parsecs. We always holler back holler. when you holler at us. That's not how I say it. <laughs> uh-huh, that's my stuff. All the girls stomp your feet like this. Few times around that train, I just gonna hop in like that because there ain't no holler back, girl. I wonder what Gwen Stefani's up to. <laughs> I wonder what Iggy Azalea's up to. I, I am so weird sometimes. I just randomly thought about, like, we were walking Remus, and I just turned to live, and I was like, I wonder what Iggy Azalea's up to right now. With zero prompt or any, like, indication that we were thinking or talking about anything music-related, let alone Iggy Azalea-related. It was great. Cufflinks. Because why not? Yeah. Um, we also have a website. You can go check us out at pizzaandparsecs.com. I didn't mention that earlier, so thought I'd mention it here. And we are Pizza and Parsecs. We're super dope. Uh, come and chat with us. Love on us. Hang out with us. We're joyful. Sometimes we're a little angry when we get a tail wagon involved. You never know. Uh, you can check out my Substack at... Uh, <laughs> Sounds fake. At GJ thinks Godzilla's great, but it really is trash.com. I don't know what a substack is, but I had to add it in there. Oh my god. <laughs> that was so funny. Alright, kids. 
Mischief Manage. May the force be with you and God bless. Goodbye.